Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Living Open podcast. Today's episode is on hoodoo with that hoodoo lady, Sherry Schoen. Sherry uses she, her pronouns, and she resides in Oregon with her wife and three dogs that have rescued her. They are proud mamas to their brilliant adult daughter. Sherry has this really um, gentle and kind energy that I really felt in our conversation and I hope you can feel it too. Um, She is proud of her heritages, her black, white, and first native heritages and doing hoodoo work is part of honoring them for her. So she has two books on hoodoo, she's working on her first divination deck, she's a licensed minister focused on ceremonies and homegoing celebrations, she has given classes in hoodoo, conjure, and root work for several years, um, and when she's not writing she likes to garden, research haunted spots across North America, and keep in touch with her readers. Um, I also realized in talking to a recent guest, Jasper Joy, in the Tarot for Top Surgery episode that um, Sherry is also part of the Tarot for Top Surgery project, which we didn't talk about, but I love that, and um, I'll link to that project in the description as well. Quick content warning for a brief mention of physical violence in this episode. Um, It comes near the beginning, just so you know. And here's what we talked about. We got into Sherry's journey with spirituality and hoodoo, doing hoodoo before even understanding what she was doing, working with intention, faith, and direction, hoodoo's roots, what Sherry means when she says hoodoo's for everyone, which is the name of her most recent book, healing lineage wounds and not arriving to other practices with no connection to your own practices, your own um, lineages. Hoodoo for liberation, simple and effective magic, how it can scare people around us when we're changing and becoming more of ourselves. Working with shared ancestors, her relationship with the Bible now, how she integrates that into her hoodoo practice, that was really fascinating for me. And simple hoodoo spells. So, um, before we get into it, I think there are two things I want to share that feel relevant to this episode. Um, you can check out the Religious Trauma Workbook, as always, at the link in the description. It is a digital workbook. It's 110 pages. It is full of prompts and reflections, meditations, rituals, somatic practices to support you if you are someone who is on a journey of deprogramming and healing from a religion that you used to be part of or are currently deconstructing from and also in reclaiming your autonomy, your joy, yourself, your ability to to be yourself. Um, That is a really sweet project that I wrote, I don't know, was it two years ago now? (laughs) Um, But it is linked in the description if you are interested in checking it out. And the other thing I wanted to plug is Joy Notes, as always, my Substack. Um, 
I'm writing more about ritual and creative process and writing process over there um, by request. I had a little poll. <laughs> um, and I also did a form with some questions and topics, so gonna be diving into some reader questions and um, suggested topics over the next few months. Some things that are gonna be coming up over there are telling the story that wants to be told, that'll be out next week um a piece on i'll never write something as good as melissa fabos and that's okay books that i love getting into your body when your body can feel like a strange or unkind place and a lot more so check it out joynotes.substack.com or in the description and without further ado here's my conversation with sherry i hope that you enjoy it and I hope that it feels expansive for you, or that you learn something, or feel curious, or challenged by something, um, and yeah, are able to sit and, and stretch a bit. Love you all. Take care. I always like to start the show by hearing about your journey, and I would love to hear about your journey with spirituality, with hoodoo, um, and how it's brought you to the work that you do now. Absolutely. So what I've noticed is that I didn't start out like many of us. It sounds like a cliche, um, but I started out my journey in spirituality just organically because my family is really religious. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I had those episodes where I would be in church and I would know something and it was okay for me to share it to other church congregants without a problem. But the minute that I said, you know, actually this could be kind of a career, then all of a sudden it was evil and it was something that was mm. supposed to be banned. And, and how could you do this? And your spirit of discernment is something from spirit as opposed to something you can monetize. So it started from there. Um, I shunned speaking with spirit and listening to the voices in my head for a very long time <laughs> for a very long time because I would I would just know I would just know you know in the book I talk about there are times when I would be I would see like a car pass by as a child and somebody would slow down in the car and they would kind of go hey you want to ride or something like that and I could see the room that they were going to take me to and the locks on the door and all of that other stuff. And I knew not to get in the car. Um, <laughs> and I just, is that intuition? Is that spirit? Don't know. But I just knew not to, I knew to pay heed, right? Um, so even when some of the listeners are looking into their own childhoods or even into their own spirituality belief system, I had that intuitive thing that I always knew to listen to. Mm. And I had to start building it and making it stronger and stronger. It just took me until a lot of things. It took me until after the death of my dad at 16. Mm. It took me until after the death of my mom, who was the patriarch. <laughs> she really was the patriarch, not the matriarch yeah. at 32 <laughs> before I could become self and start to realize that it was okay mm. for me to have my own community with spirit with my ancestors, with my guides, in a safe, respectful way that balanced perfectly, that didn't take over, that didn't cause me harm, that didn't cause anyone else harm. Um, it was just easier for me to wait. And I just had to wait till I was over 30. <laughs> Some people <laughs> get it right away. I was not one of those people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And after I went into just listening, then that led me to tarot. Mm. And I started learning from a tarot instructor and going to her house every week. And she would beat me about the court cards and beat me about the hierarchy <laughs> of right of the traditional writer white right tarot. And I would say, well, writer weight really doesn't speak to my belief system. And it was kind of like, yeah, but that's what it is. So just take it. Um, so then after I graduated from her course and understood about tarot, I worked with a tarot community called Denver Tarot Meetup for several years. And I left that community actually as one of the co-facilitators of the tarot meetup, which um, happened. It was so large that we actually hosted TarotCon in Denver. And I was wow. one of the organizers of that. So that was amazing. Cool. Um, but I just wasn't seeing the cultural ancestral connection that I needed. And that's when I discovered, you know, I'm actually been doing all of this under something called hoodoo and root work for years. And mm-hmm. that's when I started building my hoodoo knowledge and understanding. Mm. Yeah. So you had already been practicing it without like understanding what you were doing? Without understanding. And many of the listeners might have this same experience where they kind of go, there's a certain ritualistic way that I do everything like New Year. Mm-hmm. or um, on different Sabbaths. I kind of do something different than other people and it's worked for me and it's how I get increased. It's how I get prosperity. It's how I protect and banish. I just don't know what to call it, mm-hmm. but it kind of is what it is. So um, I started working with Florida water, for example. And before I had Florida water, we were using pine sol and we were using other soaps to make sure that we cleaned our floors and our body. But it wasn't about, oh, I need palm olive soap. It was really, I need to spiritually clean, which is something different, mm-hmm. right? And I would note that my grandmother, my great grandmother, my dad, they all did a certain thing that helped them stay safe or a certain way that they would enter doors or a certain way that they would leave rooms or a certain way that they would talk to people that they wanted out of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, I have this um, really quick way to get people kind of out of your conversation. I'd love to share that. So yeah, it's called the olive spell. So (laughs) What I do is if there's someone in your life that's talking to you in a grocery store or in a movie theater, and you're like, I really want you to go away. Think of a color that you really don't care for. For me, it's olive. Mm-hmm. Think of a color you really don't want, um, that you don't really like, and say that color over and over and over in this way. So with me, I say, olive, olive, go away, olive, olive, you can't stay. Mm-hmm. And I say that to myself, looking mm-hmm. at the person with my intention, faith, and direction, Pointed to that person, letting them know that they really aren't allowed to be around in my space anymore. They're they're crossing my boundaries. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. And it has worked consistently. I've even had some people that are coworkers that I that I've recommended using this for. And they're kind of like, what was that? I don't know, but it worked. (laughs) I love that. It's so simple. (laughs) It's so simple. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wrote 
the first book is the Hoodoo Guide to to the Bible, and the second one, which is Hoodoo for Everyone, where I really focus on making this easy for everyone to use as long as they are respectful in the tradition and the system that got us here. Yeah. Well, I think that's when spirituality and magic and all these different traditions can be so beautiful and so helpful is when they can integrate into our lives and it like not everyone has time to do like really long drawn out spells and rituals and things and when it can be simple and be accessible um it can really it can really support us in big ways and change our lives even yeah and I and I also believe that the spells that we have, the work that we do, I used to worry so much about, it has to rhyme, it has to, right, <laughs> this long run out process, it has to include 13 ingredients, like it's KFC, no, <laughs> you know, I, I ask everyone at the very beginning of the book is, you know, do you have water? If you have water, you pretty much can do hoodoo. If you have water, if you have the air in your lungs and you can use your intention and faith and direction to direct your intention through spirit into what you need, then that's pretty much what you're going to need. The hard part of hoodoo is having the faith, intention and direction. And that costs nothing. Mm. Yeah. Well, so maybe we can back up a little bit and you have this beautiful book who do is for everyone and I'm wondering if maybe you can for someone who doesn't know anything about who do can you share a little bit of like history and basics and what you mean when you say who do is for everyone so excited about that so <laughs> is the african-american folklore magic it's an oral tradition that the enslaver that the enslaved used against the enslavers so it is definitely something that for many is going to be a closed practice. For me and Hoodoo for Everyone, I say that it's open for anyone to practice as long as they're respectful, mindful, and understand the trauma that comes with the practice so that they can observe that, be aware of that, and understand that before they practice any Hoodoo. So that's why I say, you know, it's for everyone. If spirit is calling to you and saying, you know what, I am respectful of the enslaved. I know my own tradition. I know my own culture. I know my own belief and background. And I'm going to heal those wounds before I start practicing hoodoo. Go for it. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Others have read my book and said, heck no. Hell no. I'm catching that. I think it's a closed practice and I'm not going to do it, but I respect it. I appreciate you. Please feel mm -hmm. free not to do hoodoo. But for those of us that are called, regardless of race, ethnicity, culture, sexual identity, any of those things, gender identity, I want you to feel free to practice what you're called to practice. When mm -hmm. I first started, because of my religious background, the minute I came out as lesbian, I no longer was supposed to be practicing any spiritual tradition, according mm -hmm. to my previous faith, right? They would say, oh, you're lesbian. Oh, you're now married to a Caucasian woman, absolutely. Everything that you learn, nope, you can't use it. And I wanted people in the book to understand that if they need permission, which none of us do, then they have my permission. Let's do it. Let's do it together. I give you lots of shared ancestors to work with. I give you experience in the Black experience, it, it, according to my Black experience. And I help you with 
some Black history so that you kind of know where the trauma is so that you can start doing some investigation work into your own lineage and heal those wounds. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think the idea that like when we're so empty on our own culture and background and connection to ancestors, then like we're just like taking and taking and we it, we can't really engage in a respectful and uh, like reciprocal way feels really true. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to send this up as almost a love letter for those of us that are part of the GLBTQIA identity, because there's so many attacks right now on the trans community. I have a whole section about making sure that you know that you are loved exactly who you are. Whatever that is, that expression that is used against us in the Bible that basically is used as a tool to say, see, this is why whoever deity is hates you. And I want to turn that around to say, see, this is why deity as you see it absolutely loves you when you were created in their image. Because I think some of us have never heard that. And I think we need to hear it, especially now when our politicians, everything else is kind of going the other way. Where they're kind of saying, let's escape, let's let's erase Black history, let's erase a lot of these books, let's um, fine you for using a pronoun that we don't understand, nor do we want to understand. There's lots of things that I think Hoodoo is a perfect platform for you to start doing some work with yourself, so that you can change the community out there. Yeah, and you talk about how Hoodoo is for liberation. Oh yeah. Right. There's I think to me, there's nothing more liberating than going out into the world with a grain of salt up underneath your tongue, literally, with that salt being your grounding force before you go on protests, before you go speak in front of councils, before you speak in front of board meetings and you have the power of your ancestors behind you as you speak. It's huge because even if you have a whole bunch of people that are dissenters in front of you, you will be grounded in the fact that I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. I am delivering exactly the message that I need to do. Mm -hmm. I know that my ancestors are behind me because I can feel and see and hear them. Even if y'all can't, I can't. (laughs) And I am firm in my belief that what I'm saying is exactly right for the audience. And it just gives you this wash of freedom that I think is so needed. You know, um, Oakley Lee, who created the federal mandate, she's the one that started the um, cause to have Juneteenth as a federally recognized holiday. Mm -hmm. She has this saying where she says, none of us are free until all of us are free. Yeah. And I feel that that's very important for us to hear is I don't want to take away your freedoms and say, you can't practice hoodoo because I'm Black. And you're not just like, I don't want, if I feel like, you know, I'm really interested in Appalachian magic, folklore magic. I should be able to investigate that and see if it's for me. If I want to practice Wicca, I should be able to investigate that. I feel that there's so many times that we gatekeep spirituality and that's kind of small-minded and dangerous 
because to me, deity, life force, spirituality is so big. They don't need us. Mm. <laughs> right? And it looks like something's coming up to you going, you know what I could really use is for you to do a few more spells because I can't on my behalf. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we need them. They don't need us. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you say it like that. <laughs> right? And so I was talking to my wife about galaxies because the thought of galaxies upon galaxies that we'll never see that are out there that were created by something it blows my mind that people think that they're so big in this world Mm. when there are literally galaxies we'll never see in our lifetimes or our lineages lifetimes and they're still going about their time day after day after day linear after light they're gone they're just gone we'll never know that but they don't need us right so I think the more that we come together, the better it will be for all of us. But that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your opinion. <laughs> I'm like, that's what that's why you're here. We want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think that's so beautiful, like thinking about it in the perspective of galaxies is like, that's, I mean, one of my favorite things in the summertime is just stargazing and laying outside. And, yeah. and it's open for all of us to do. I was in um, Lincoln City, Oregon. My wife took me on a really quick three-day weekend and we were right on the Oregon coast, which is cold if anyone's been out there, right? (laughs) That isn't like what you do in California. No, you don't go out there for bathing or no, you're not going out there. Um, But (laughs) just look at it. It's beautiful. But we were there for King Tides and at night, like two in the morning, I stepped out onto our patio um, of our hotel And yes, I was nude because that's how I like to sunbathe. Anyway, I like to star (laughs) bathe and, and, you know, that's where I get hotels that face the ocean and no one's around me. But (laughs) I went out there and right at the, you could almost see right at the equator almost, right? Where it was like, this is where the ocean ends and this is where the heavens kind of begin. Mm. And I could see all of the stars and I could see Sagittarius. And I could see just these beings, these light, beautiful beings that are light years away that honor me by me being able to see their starlight in the middle of the night. Mm. And then reflecting back on me. It's beautiful. And it cost Mm. nothing. And it was available for nothing. And they asked of nothing. They didn't say, you know what, before I show you that I'm a star. Answer a few questions. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's your belief system? What race are you? Who do you sleep with? No, they didn't say any of that. <laughs> they just said, I'm here to show you this beautiful light. Just take it. Take it. It's for you. And it was, and it's wonderful to allow yourself to see yourself as part of that DNA. Yeah. And accept it as your birthright. Because there's so many people that want to tear that down from you. And I want to build it up as much as I can and say, nope, you know what? You got it. You got it. And it's all yours for the taking. Yeah. Well, and I think 
you know, that makes me think of my own experience in Oregon. <laughs> like I went to this festival um, years ago and they had these outdoor showers right over a river and it was like midnight and they were like these group showers, but almost no one was there except for me. Yes. And it was just like the stars and the river and it's just so gorgeous. And I think the more that I, I don't, I don't know, like the more years that I'm, I'm practicing my spiritual practice, the more I'm like, it's so much about being present and paying attention. And it's so much simpler than I thought it was when I first like, yeah, it's so much simpler than I ever thought it was, but it feels so much much more powerful. But so powerful. I remember growing up and this is going to date me, but I remember (laughs) watching the craft Mm -hmm. and thinking, that's what I have to do to actually practice magic, right? I have to hold up my finger and say to my best friend, you know, you're light as a feather, stiff as a board, and they're going to elevate, <laughs> and then I'm going to be ostracized in my high school, and it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> you're right? just going to live out the craft. <laughs> I'm going to live out the craft, right? I was the one with the curly hair, and I was going to be her. And it wasn't until after 30 when I learned that Every time I say something like, thank you, Mm. or help me, or protect me, that those are just as powerful as light as a feather, stiff as a board. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I think that that's what is the easiest, but also hardest, because trying to convince someone out of of that in a 277-page book, where I kind of say, it's really that simple. Say thank you. Say help yeah. me and accept their help. And they go, no, 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 it can't be that simple. What crystal do I have to buy? Um, <laughs> what feather, what quill do I need to use? Do I use hibiscus blood? Do I use pomegranate juice? Just say thank you and help me and believe that it's happening. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Mm-hmm. It really is. I think there's something there for me about what you're saying how like especially for queer and trans folks how we've been sort of told like god's not for you spirituality is not for you like that's not for you. there's like something there around the believing is like believing we're allowed to have it that this is for us that no one can take this away um because it's so inherent and innate <laughs> You know, there, there are verses that I like to bring to people that basically say that you were created in the image of deity. So there are no mistakes in that. And what if we told our kids that from birth, right? You were not a mistake and you never will be a mistake. How much bolder, how much braver, how much more secure, how much cooler the world would be. Yeah. Just amazing. Just amazing. So I think that as we continue to learn and grow together with that understanding, it can only get better. And for the naysayers that are trying to do everything that they can, you know, that's basically out of fear, right? Which is that false evidence that appears real where they go, (laughs) well, I don't want to be taken down by someone that's gay or trans. I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid that there's a different love 
Are you afraid that there's a different love or do you want that different love? And you're Mm -hmm. afraid of how your family will respond when Mm -hmm. you live your truth. And you're worried that that person has the guts, the bravery, the understanding, the self-understanding, the self-awareness to say, I am powerful enough to step in my own right. And they're afraid of that. I think Mm -hmm. it can be scary um, around queerness or not for people in our lives sometimes when we do a big change or like step into our power in a big way. And I mean, that was my experience with a couple of my friends when I like came out and they were like lovely and supportive, but they were also like a little bit scared um, because I was doing something that I think at least one of them like really wanted to do, but wasn't. And um, that can feel really hard. And like, yeah, there's just, yeah, there can be so much fear there and also desire and just like a mix of things where it's like change is scary. Right. It's almost like when the first person created a, um, when the Wright brothers created the aircraft or when, um, George Washington Carver created um, any of the scientific experiments that they had with peanuts. You know, it's all of these breakthroughs of knowledge. They started with someone being brave enough to say, I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. I would look at different foods and kind of go, who was the first person that tried that and was like, okay, that doesn't work. But what if I do this? Like, <laughs> um, like there's a big fascination now with roasted um, Brussels sprouts. Everybody wants oh, really? Brussels sprouts and everything. Like I was at a restaurant yesterday and they were like, okay, we're going to put a chicken um, and we're going to smash it together between two bricks and bake it. And we're going to put Brussels sprouts in it. And I was just kind of like, when did we start with this fascination with roasted Brussels sprouts with everything with roasted Brussels sprouts, right? That's so funny. I didn't even know that. I mean, oh I like gosh. Brussels sprouts, but I didn't Here's know they were such a thing right now. <laughs> Everything, like I go to a restaurant, I kind of go, oh yeah, we're going to start with the Brussels sprouts. We are, because <laughs> why not? Um, yeah. But who started that where all of a sudden they were like, you know what, boiled Brussels sprouts, not having it. But if yeah. you fire them, <laughs> if you just burn the hell out of them. I mean, it's food. true. It's so much better. <laughs> right? So for the first yeah. person that was brave enough to say, you know what? I actually like Julie and my name is Anna. And for them to go, you know, that that's okay. And everybody else go, wait a minute. We've only had Anna and Peter. We've never <laughs> had yeah. Anna and Julie. And for that one person to be a breakthrough, a trendsetter for everyone, it, it takes that. Um, and I, I have a story in the book where I talk about Michael, who's a shared ancestor. Mm-hmm. And that's my experience with having that own fear of coming out and trying to tell a good friend not to come out in my mm-hmm. youth. He came out to me and I said, you know what? I don't think that's right. And I had so much judgment so much judgment and unfortunately that didn't have that didn't have a good ending and i wanted to remind the readers of the book that none of us is infallible mm-hmm. and 
the great part of the Michael story is that he's still a shared ancestor. And I give ways to work with him and spells and teas that he likes and ways that you can connect with him when you're going through your own coming out story or you're leaping out on faith. Yeah. And he's a wonderful ancestor. He's so kind. He's so kind. Because I, I beat myself up over that for years where I was yeah. like, I can't believe I did that. Um, but it also helped me in my own coming out story because it was one of those where he was brave enough to say I'm gay. And I was one of those that said, oh, my gosh, God really doesn't like you to do that. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Right. I kind of go, you know, when people ask me or doubt what I'm what I'm reading and understanding in the Bible. And they say, that isn't what by what God said. And I said, really? Did you talk to him? When did he call <laughs> you? Did he text or email? Right? Instagram message. Was it an Instagram? <laughs> was it a DM? He slid into your DMs. <laughs> and he said, do I have a message for you? No, none of us know. Really. Even the pastors that try to convene you, they really don't know. They did not have a personal conversation. And that person said, hate this person. Yeah. I will never believe that. No, I won't either. And I want to thank you for sharing that story about Michael. It, um, I think I have a similar one when I was in middle school. I, I was probably like 11 years old. And I remember my best friend at the time was telling me about her aunt who was queer and I was like I don't really care but you know that's bad like that's wrong right right, right. and I just like mm-hmm. I feel so sad thinking about that and you know it's like I also like I have to I can't hold on to so much shame about that because I'm like I was reciting verbatim what I've been told right. from my you were family. Just doing, you were modeling what was modeled to you. And I think yeah. that as we grow, we kind of go, and I don't claim that anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 I'm curious what your relationship is to the Bible now and how that is or isn't like integrated into your spiritual practice. So for me, hoodoo, because the Bible was the integral book that was used to systemically keep people in enslavement, but it also was the only book that was allowed for enslaved to transition their understanding of their spiritual practices, which were absolutely innate to who they are, Mm -hmm. into North American standards of religion and the Pentecostalism. So it's a huge part. The difference with me is I study the Bible for the Bible as a spell book. The Mm. Bible is a way to continue to give myself deliverance through intention, faith, and direction. And I use the Bible and I transition words, pronouns, deity names, whatever I need to do to fit my belief system or the belief system of my clients. Mm. So it's really different. So um, wherever something says Jesus, if Jesus is not something that is approachable or something that causes triggers for you, then we come up with other words. Do we call it highest of high? Do we call it deity? Do we call it sunflower? Whatever works for you. That's so sweet. (laughs) You have a different connotation for it. Sunflower says this, 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 this. Oh, well, that's a ton better than 
someone who told me that this thing, Jesus, with, you know, straight hair when I have curly hair (laughs) is telling me what to do. And I'm like, what is that? Right. But -hmm. if we have something that's maybe animal, maybe spirit, maybe water, maybe Mm -hmm. land, maybe sea, maybe air, and that's the usage. To me, I think it's much more approachable for those of us who have already been shunned and already come from something of shame. So that's how I use the Bible. And that's how I encourage everybody who's practicing hoodoo, because the Bible and hoodoo are so intertwined. If I ever want good poetry and good spell work, I'm going to go to the Bible because it's Mm. one of the longest running books out there. Right. It used to be in every hotel room. Not anymore. Um, There's tons of Bible apps that you can have. No matter where you go, you can probably safely read the Bible and no one will think you're doing spell work, (laughs) which is kind of fun. When someone is is sitting there watching you on the subway and you're bringing out your Bible and you're finding a verse to help them move their way along so that they're not in your way. And you go, oh, yeah this from lamentations let me say it's this way (laughs) i feel like my mom would pass out if she saw me reading the bible at this point (laughs) and they kind of come up to you and everybody just instinctively is now really open and they're kind of vulnerable and they kind of go yay and then you put your magic out there (laughs) and you shape it towards what works with your own spiritual belief system and they never see it and i love plain in plain sight magic Right. When my grandma was having difficulties with my grandpa, which was often, and we were raised by them pretty much, she would always put little messages up underneath the sugar bowl so that when he spooned sugar into his coffee, he was consuming her good wishes. Oh, wow. That's hoodoo. That's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I love that. Right. When you have someone who is needing to kind of chill out a little bit, right? We see this a lot on TikTok and Instagram. But what I love to do is take the name of someone, Mm -hmm. write their name on wax paper Mm -hmm. or on a paperback, put it in some water usually lemon water for me or vinegar water because I Mm -hmm. want it to be sour. And I put it in a bag and I put it in the back of my freezer and it's called a freezer spell. Mm. And you just put it there and you chill them out a little bit. And you'll be interesting to know. You'll, you'll note that that person starts to really kind of chill. That's so cool. I really want to try that. Isn't that fun? And then you kind of go, all right. And then after you do that, I swear to you, take them out of the freezer. Mm-hmm. When you're starting to see that their personality, you're starting to actually have discussions <laughs> with them and that kind of thing. It sounds really good. And then take that same piece of paper and put it in something sweet, molasses, sugar, mm. or something like that. I never use artificial like Splenda or something like that now because I don't want it to be an artificial sweetener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want it to be a real sweetener. Yeah. Um if you're allergic to any of those oat straw works, you put that same piece of paper, you put it in the oat straw, you put it in a bag, you don't put it in the freezer, you <laughs> leave it in someplace warm, like mm. one of your plants or mm. your garden, someplace mm. that you want to grow 
or be able to propagate more of those feelings. Mm, that's that's so sweet. That's beautiful. Oh, that makes me feel like so my grandma is having a difficult health time right now. And that makes me feel like I want to do some version of that to off. Like she doesn't need to chill out. She's um, yeah. her personality is great, but um, some version of that, that's soothing some version um, of that. That can send her some peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Like look up a Bible verse for peace, yeah. right? There's tons of Bible verses that are basically peace be still. I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. And then write that out or copy that out. Put it in something that she loves, maybe a favorite flower, maybe mm-hmm. a cup that she gave you, maybe something she, maybe a blanket. Yeah. And wrap her in that, make sure she has comfort mm-hmm. and just leave it and just notice if she starts to feel a little bit less anxious. I love that. I'm actually making her a quilt right now. So <gasps> I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah So even if you don't use paper as you're creating the quilt recite the bible verse or recite your intention into the blanket I'm gonna do that that's so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that absolutely I just want everyone to see how easy it is yeah yeah and how customized you can make it you don't have to say you know I have to follow these steps to me, spirit is so fluid. It mm-hmm. it wraps itself around everyone in a personal way. Yeah, I feel like you're really offering us all this permission to personalize it, make it work for you. Like as long as you're doing it ethically and respectfully, then you can't do it wrong. And you can't I, do I, it I love wrong. that. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's um it was life-changing, but again, it took me 30 something years. <laughs> To mm. finally accept that I could do it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> grandmother do it. I saw my great-grandmother do it. They walked around the house yeah. with thimbles of ammonia. What are you all doing with that thimble of ammonia? Mind your business. That's basically what we got told. Mind your business. Um, <laughs> whatever I'm doing with the thimble, just pretend you don't see it. Um, yeah, you didn't see a thing. <laughs> and there are times when I would kind of go, why doesn't anyone approach our house? Why have we never been stolen from? Why have we been relatively pretty healthy and safe? And even in those times when we did have ill health, we were still okay, Mm. right? When we had people that passed over, we didn't, we mourned, but it was more of a joyful, they've passed away and a well-lived life and we'll miss that spirit not that it was a tragedy yeah yeah that's really beautiful um (laughs) it feels like as you're sharing that about seeing this in your home and with your grandma and your great grandma that like it's always been connection to ancestors and the people who've come before you that you knew and that you didn't know. Totally. Yeah. I am in the book. That's why it's so autobiographical because I want everyone to look at my understanding of my lineage and start looking at their own life stories, especially for Mm -hmm. those that are adopted that don't have a birth story where they kind of say, yeah, that's easy for you to say, you can trace your roots all the way back to the 1800s. And some of us even further than that, but I don't have that story. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I asked them to use some of our shared ancestors that I've already talked to. Use my shared ancestor, my father, right? He would love for you to do a spell and use some cigar smoke and call mm-hmm. upon him. He would love it, right? Call yeah. upon Michael. He would love it. Call upon Miriam Makaba. Mm-hmm. All of these are safe, shared, have already agreed to be able to work with the people that are reading the book so that you can start to make those connections and you too can have that ancestral lineage without having to do bloodline work, which to some of us is pretty damaging. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to ask you the last question that I always ask on this show. <laughs> We're already smile. there. We haven't been talking that long. <laughs> it really doesn't feel that way, but I'm like, oh God, I got to get you out of here on time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the last question that I always ask on this show is just because the name of the show is Living Open. Um, what comes up for you when you hear that? And how does that feel? What does that mean to you? <sighs> Living open. You know, it's it reminds me of the my experience so far mm. in this walk with life. You know, I I lived in such a closed environment first, you know, from a child all the way up till my 30s where I did everything that my parents wanted. I did everything that my grandparents wanted. I did everything that I thought was right. Mm -hmm. And I thought was the correct path. Mm -hmm. And living open to me is being brave enough to look into that abyss and say, I do not know anything, but I'm going to step out on faith anyway. And if I need to change that 100%, I did it. And I did. Mm -hmm. Right. And living that truth to be able to practice my faith, my spirituality, live in this body with this this larger body, this lesbian Mm -hmm. body, this black body, this natural hair body, and having that freedom to do that honestly and respectfully. Um, It's huge to be able to live that open. And it's something that I really hope that many of us continue to embrace on ourselves, where we kind of smother each other with these little comforters of (laughs) openness and love, where we kind of say, I'm going to put on the comforter. When I was um, studying for my um, therapy degree. Cause I wanted to be a therapist. Right. And I didn't pass all the classes. So I stopped doing that, but I was doing all of the therapist licenses. And one of the first classes was a professor said, we cover ourselves in psychosis and the meaning of mental health is you understanding that it's maybe just a small blanket mm. and not a quilt. And knowing you can take it off whenever you want. Mm. So to me, that's living open. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing and for everything that you've shared today. (laughs) It's been an honor. It's such an honor to have you on. It's such a pleasure. It's so fun to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to talk to you. I'm glad that I was able to listen to your show a little bit because I was like, I want to hear 
what she's already talking about everybody <laughs> I'm glad you did um yeah. before you go can you tell folks where they can work with you and where they can get a copy of your book Absolutely. So if you go to www.thathoodoolady.com or follow me on at thathoodoolady.com on Insta, the whole bit, Facebook, the whole bit, um, I actually have a sale on the book, Hoodoo for Everyone, in the Kindle format and also a discount for those books from North Atlantic Books, who's my wonderful publisher, an amazing publishing company. I love um, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they, um, but they have a special going on on the book that's going to continue all the way through Black History Month, all the way through March until April. So it's always a great time to get that book, get a copy for your friends. It's available on Audible. If you like listening to me ramble on, Audible is the best place. (laughs) You recorded it yourself? I recorded it myself. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. a beautiful um, recording studio here in Portland. We hung out. I got to play with his dogs. And in between takes, I got to play with his dogs. And then I had to go back into the studio to record. So it was a great experience. There's beautiful, playful dog energy infused into the recording. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.